0: Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah, I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm fr- absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> the Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Excuse me, Mr. Announcer, sir. Uh, I don't identify as male. Uh, no. Today, I identify as an elephant and the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. us uh, so that we do not identify by weight. <laughs> that is prejudicial. <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a truly exciting episode of the Super Smart Brothers Podcast. Uh, this week, we've just had some... Monstrous news is the only way I can put it. And here to dive into this greatness is (laughs) my tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman, and me, your New Jersey kid.
0: Joe, where do we even start? Uh, Well, actually, I'm going to tell you the most exciting thing from this week. What is that? I realized something that we forgot to talk about when Darren Young got released. From WWE, did oh. you know that his release marked a very important and interesting fact in WWE?
1: Was he the first openly gay wrestler to be released?
0: Uh, maybe I'm not sure about that fact, <laughs> but something I do know is that with his release, Heath Slater has officially become the longest tenured in ring performer WWE <laughs> from the Nexus. <laughs> he outlasted them all
1: <laughs> and that, hey he got on tv this week to celebrate it
0: isn't that amazing <laughs> heath slater out of all of those guys made it the longest <laughs> who would have thought I, not me for sure I remember, uh, like just deriding the shit out of Slater every single time he was on TV when he debuted. Like, let's
1: let's think about that group for a second. You you got Heath Slater, mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, Wade Barrett, mm-hmm. uh, Ryback,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Justin Gabriel,
1: Justin Gabriel. Oh wait, uh, or wait, was um, Um was Husky
0: Husky Harris? Husky Harris came in a little bit later. But yeah, he okay, was also so he's part not, of Nexus, but he, wasn't but like, a he was not part of that Nexus. A, okay, right. yeah. So I guess I, 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 yeah, I'm talking about the original Nexus. Yeah, Bray Wyatt and uh, McGillicuddy, aka Axel, are still around.
1: Okay, yeah, they were around too.
0: Um, oh, Michael Tarver, yeah, Fanny Bandit,
1: <laughs> <laughs> always wore the bandana around his face.
0: Yeah, like he was a fucking bank robber or some shit. Like, <laughs>
1: what, the fu- what the
0: fuck? <laughs> Well, yeah, he was robbing an actual wrestler's spot in the WWE. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like uh, just Chris Jericho has stolen the imaginations of the entire world yet again by uh, appearing in New Japan out of nowhere.
1: This was mega.
0: I mean, this is why
1: I said monstrous news. I, I was blown away by this. Like, I didn't believe like. I saw, I was scrolling through Facebook, saw the headline, and went, oh, no, someone's fucking with me. Um, and then you texted me, and I was like, oh, shit,
0: this could be real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and then it, when I first saw the headline, I thought Jericho was just trolling everybody again.
1: Yeah, I thought it was just him maybe tweeting out, like, I'm going to face Omega at, uh, uh, what's the paper, Uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. And... But then all the, everyone started talking about it, and, like, the real news sources and stuff started saying it, too. So I was just like, oh, shit, this really happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because, th- th- I mean, the thing that convinced me was then I, you know, I went and investigated it and saw the clip where, you know, Omega's out there and talking about, all right, well, it's time for somebody to come out and challenge me sort of thing. And then all of a sudden there's this fucking video of Jericho playing, and he's, like, talking about Omega and, like, rips this fucking photograph and challenges him to the match. And you know, it, it was really cool too. Like he talked himself or talked about himself as being the alpha of the business. Yeah, it's the alpha versus omega. So I was like, oh, Jericho, you've done it again."
1: It was such a great promo. He brought up he was like, everyone has talked about these other greats, and he's like Edge, Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart, mm-hmm. CM Punk, CM Punk, and he's the one that's still around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah. It was, like, it came out of nowhere, but it was great. And I loved that, so he was able to cut that promo in English, and they did the best thing, which was do Japanese subtitles. Mm-hmm. So that right when he said, so I'll see you at January 4th in the Tokyo Dope, and the crowd just erupted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fucking nuts. And it's it's really fucking monumental and interesting, because Jericho's been such an adamant guy for not working for anybody other than Vince.
1: That's what I was so amazed by when, when you texted me that. I was like, no way. Like Jericho has said that he will never work for somebody else in, uh never work for anybody else except Vince. And it was actually one of our uh, friends, Corey, pointed out that apparently either, maybe it was all the time, or maybe it's just recently or something like that, he started throwing in in North America. Mm-hmm. So maybe ever since Jericho's thought about this deal, that's when he started dropping that so that he had a clause basically to get out of. Well, yeah, like Japan's out of, not in North America.
0: Right. Out of his own self-limiting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it kind of makes me think a little bit more. We've talked about like the idea of WWE sort of expanding and becoming kind of like a wrestling empire. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking about a little bit more of that I think it could even make even more sense from the standpoint of that, like, you look at WWE and the product that it presents and how, like, cartoony it is and how, like, completely just, like, storyline focuses, and how fast-paced it is and how much, like, things are unpredictable and stuff like that versus New Japan, where it's, like, very in-ring-focused, things are a lot, like, longer-term storylines and things like that. Like, it's just such a completely different feel and different product, even though it's still pro-wrestling. Mm-hmm. that like at its core in a lot of ways, like in the same way that just different types of TV shows attract different audiences, these are going to attract very different audiences. And I think what if WWE, WWE were to kind of look at it from the standpoint of like, instead of trying to make so many of our own shows that like, it, you know, people can't keep up with it. What if we almost started to like create a behind the scenes entity that latches onto existing products like yeah you'd have new japan pro wrestling like sponsored by wwe or something like that or like under the wwe umbrella so that they're still doing their own thing and then that's marketing to that whole wrestling group so that then like they could still be involved in it and let new japan just do new japan and get its fans and then wwe can just kind of keep going into its own direction instead of trying to Because I think sometimes the main roster, it falls under the problem of like WWE is constantly trying to, you know, in their own minds, make the best product for everybody. Try and get the widest audience with one product. And I don't think that really works that well. Like, I think they need to sink further into what their niche is as like a wrestling product. And then if they want to get that sort of money, they need to figure out a way that's like, yeah, kind of putting their money into the other companies. And letting them do their own thing, but then I don't know, like maybe set like certain like safety standards and stuff like that to, you know, keep it hunky dory for the sponsors and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think? mean
1: that I think that would be one of their best business decisions because you do have this what WWE considers a niche market with the fans of say New Japan or Ring of Honor. Those markets are steadily growing. Like. New Japan a great success bringing their show over into uh, California this past year, so it's not like they can ignore them anymore, and you're right, it would be in WWE's best interest rather than them put up the infrastructure to have offices in, like, all these different countries and run shows there and stuff like that. Yeah, just making these partnerships, like, Okay, like we'll sponsor, like we'll sponsor you, and we'll remote you in North America, and we can trade talent, and we can mm-hmm. do all these things. It's it's nothing but like positive for the business, baby. Right. Uh, the only negative I might see is just like it kind of lowers the competition, so to speak.
0: Well, I think it can still you could still do a lot of competition because there's still the well. I guess I guess what you're saying, yeah, that that does make sense. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, but you know, the, but like, like I said, that's a, like, oh, go ahead.
1: I, I, I'm just saying it's a small negative.
0: Yeah, but then like, there's so many positives. Like, where you were mentioning with like trading talent and stuff like that. Like a really prime example of somebody who's benefited immensely from leaving is uh, like Juice Robinson, formerly mm-hmm. known as C.J. Parker over NXT, and he like they weren't doing shit with him down there, and he was only kind of okay. But over in New Japan, he's, like, fucking flourishing. Oh, yeah. So then it's like, you know, there is a lot of times where it's, like, these guys. Because they're different performers. And different performers flourish in different environments. Like, for, you know, I mean, I think Tyler Breeze, there was a lot more potential for him as a singles guy. But him and Fandango as the fashion police is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. But then again, that gimmick really probably wouldn't work in any other promotion. Like, nearly as well as it does in WWE because of its goofiness. Yeah. And, like, the same thing with New Day. New Day probably could work kind of in other places, but it works a lot better in WWE.
1: It's actually, it's interesting that this discussion comes up uh, the week of the Ric Flair documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you able to catch that, the 30 for 30? I have not yet. Ah, great watch. Um, it's brought up of the two icons of Ric Flair's era were Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. And they compared the two, and it was basically, it was what we're saying now. The NWA with Ric Flair was the wrestling company mm-hmm. that targeted uh, young adults and older adults as well, whereas the WWE targeted kids, which then was kind of like a, um, a connecting piece to getting the whole family to come to the shows. Mm-hmm uh and things like that and so it's just really interesting that we're having this conversation now when that was like a focal point of the documentary
0: yeah it's With, interesting hold on
1: Go oh i will uh do you want a slight spoiler on the documentary
0: yeah spoiler alert
1: <laughs> uh hulk hogan admits that rick flair is the better wrestler uh well i mean duh but it's i mean it's coming from hulk hogan i mean anyone else saying that is like well yeah no shit but hulk hogan is saying it's like oh wow you actually know what you
0: (laughs) or like you're you're finally willing to admit it yeah like there's there's no way that he wouldn't know like unless he's well i don't know hulk hogan is that level of guy that is like he might be that delusional oh yeah like he might not just be like you know talking his own shit up like he might actually believe that sort of shit somehow (laughs)
1: Well, wait, who believes it, Hulk Hogan or Terry Bolay? <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's a good point. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess Terry Bolle has got to be the bigger sucker, right?
1: Yeah. Between the but two? I, the key on the documentary said Hulk Hogan, and he said that McFlair was the better wrestler. Wow,
0: that's, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. That he would allow himself, even as the character... Say it! Wow.
1: Um, one last piece of uh news I actually forgot to uh bring up before mm. uh, when we we're planning out ahead of time is um, did you see Bruce Pritchard, Brother Love, made some news this week? No, what did he do? Uh, he didn't do anything. It was um, Sean Combs or P Diddy or Diddy, however he's being called now, <laughs> uh, tweeted out that for his birthday, I forget how old he's turning, he was changing his name to Brother Love.
0: He did and his name as Brother wrestling Love world,
1: uh, Apparently he didn't go through with it. Apparently he just tweeted this, that he was gonna change his name to Brother Love, and the wrestling world as a whole flip shit. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Went, There's already a Brother Love, and started tweeting at him pictures of Bruce Prichard as Brother Love. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. With even Bruce Richard tweeting, I am the original Brother Love. You can't steal my gimmick.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, I'm glad he didn't go through with it.
1: Cause yeah, then apparently. Because they
0: have like a WrestleMania match, right? For the, the name of <laughs> <Yeah>. Brother Love.
1: <laughs> oh, maybe that's what they're building towards. Maybe, Cause maybe he, that's what he, it is. He, he performed at the WrestleMania I went to.
0: P. did he? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe he'll come back as Brother Love and then uh, Bruce Pritchard will like go on stage and attack him mid-song.
1: I love you.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. That'd be so fucking horrible. Can you imagine <laughs> that shit?
1: <laughs> and hey, hey, recently Kofi did dress up as Brother Love for Halloween. That's true. That's true. <laughs> On his podcast, Bruce joked that he was like, I thought I was looking in a mirror.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Dude, how, how awesome were they this week, though, when they invaded Raw Part 2 with the pump shake? Oh. That was so great. <laughs> oh, dude, that is so fucking New Day. I loved it.
1: And I love that the, it it worked on both sides. So it worked with New Day antagonizing Raw. Mm-hmm. Like, so... 'Cause they, they are the baby faces on SmackDown and are um like team SmackDown, like kinda of, like they're for the brand. Mm-hmm. So that made sense on their end to come into Raw, antagonize their opponents, which were at the time Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Um but then it also worked in I like that Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were thoroughly distracted. Like it wasn't just someone's music playing or someone just walking down to the ringside, like not a simple distraction. It was guys on a mic threatening something major that had already happened Mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago.
0: Right. And that when it happened, these guys got their asses kicked.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it was like, oh shit, is this happening again? We need to be ready. And then the quick roll up from, I think it was, was Cesaro or Seamus that did the roll up? Uh, Seamus. Okay. Sheamus with the quick roll up and then the bar retaining like or sorry getting back the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. I I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: I thought it was great like great in and of itself. I loved uh like their follow up on smackdown just like how much they were like shit talking Raw. It's like, "Oh, man, we made, made him look like dicks."
1: Like, mm-hmm.
0: you know, made him think the airway was coming out and it was just us. Like <laughs> the the one thing I I would have liked for them to continue on and maybe they'll do that uh next week or something like that was to build on this idea that, like, they were... Because I, I they kind of talked about how it's like, we weren't specifically going for the shield, but I almost kind of would have wished that they were from the standpoint of this. That, all right, so they're already the longest reigning tag team champs. They've already won the tag team titles a bunch of times. They had a great feud with the Usos. The only kind of thing that's left for them is, like, if there was another tag team around that they had never beaten, that that would be who they need to beat to establish themselves even further. And the only other tag team to fit that description is the shield who is like undefeated when it comes to being in tag team competition for the most part. Pretty and much. Like, yeah. as, as a three man unit, I think they are pretty much undefeated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cause as a two man, like they've lost a couple times, but as a three man, I don't think they've ever lost. So them being the other big three man group for a long time here, it's like, we need to prove that we are the ultimate tag team and just straight up say that it's like, look, we came after you guys because we want to do New Day versus the shield, whether there's a title on the line or not. And we came out there to distract you and prove that it only takes a, you know, a small distraction you know, to beat you guys and that that's our style. We're the distraction guys. Like we're jumping around, we're doing all sorts of crazy shit, you know, basically kind of prove to them that they could beat them. Mm -hmm. that it's like that like that little slip-up that's all it took for you guys to lose and that we can do that to you too like that's that's kind of where my fantasy booking is going with it and i would like for them to kind of go because i feel like that's one of the few like i said one of the few only other goals that they can have as a unit right now
1: Mm -hmm.
0: other than i guess just going for the titles again
1: yeah and i mean if roman is healthy enough um Having yes. him, re- mm-hmm. having him return and reunite the Shield for that match would be an even bigger deal.
0: Yeah. Which I, f- I feel like at this point, there's no way that's not the match at the pay per view, right? Because he yeah at this point, it's not. Oh, he has been okay. Yep. So um, he should be back. Uh, I guess this week.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you want them to do something so that it would make sense to do New Day versus the Shield.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because like if because if the Shield aren't defending the tag titles, then they're not on the pay per view, and that would be just ridiculous to have this big pay per view and you have none of the Shield guys and you don't have New Day. Like mm-hmm. that would be ridiculous. Yeah, when you've got guys like Jason Jordan on the pay per view and you've got okay. guys like Bobby Root on the pay per view, <laughs> but you don't have like so yeah, they got to do it.
1: So there's another thing from Raw because Jason Jordan won a guitar and a pole match. Thought Vince Russo was back. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to be the final member of Team Raw and make his supposedly dad
0: proud. I I was wondering if um, do you think there's any potential that he would turn heel at the pay per view and like cost. Uh, his dad the match, like, cost them the match or something? Or do you think there'd be, like, a situation with maybe, like, he fucks up and, like, ooh, what if he fucks up so bad that he gets Kurt eliminated? But, like, it's still an accident. Or at least that's how it's coming off until eventually when he turns heel and then everything that he ever did was on purpose. Kind of crazy, but it's possible. Hmm. You know what? I I think that would actually make a lot of sense if because like you're know, still making him like obviously the the long term storyline I think right is that he keeps disappointing Kurt and then eventually he's gonna turn heel. Yeah. So I guess maybe this could be like a really big step is like you know if he accidentally like does something to get himself and or Kurt eliminated and or cost them the match. But I I I'm really convinced that SmackDown's losing this match. And I'm convinced that it's because of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I feel like they're gonna cause SmackDown the match. Well, apparently
1: they caused some trouble at the actual SmackDown taping and uh, on this European tour.
0: Yeah, that's the rumor <laughs> that they. Yeah. That well, I I had heard that it was um, because of the spot at the end of the match that they had with Kofi, or uh, that Sami had with Kofi. That I guess yeah. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were supposed to stick around for a minute longer and get beat up by the New Day. And then they just were like, no, nah, we're good. And then just because they rolled out. Well, because the, the thing I had heard was that it was less of like them just refusing to do it and more of just, you know, they they had a miscommunication. Oh, uh, which, okay. which I feel like would make more sense. Like, you know, just like how well these guys have been doing last couple like over with the company and how well they've been, you know, doing really lately. Like, this being such a big storyline and stuff, I don't think they would all of a sudden just be like, yeah, we're going to go into a business with ourselves and blow it. Yeah. Like, I I think this has to be just a miscommunication. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like, why the fuck would you send these guys home for that? Like, doesn't that seem like this would have to be a bigger deal? Because if it was just like, oh, shit, like, sorry, we forgot, like, we, you know, messed it up, like, that little thing that's not a big deal. (laughs) Like, you wouldn't send somebody home for that, I don't think.
1: Yeah, no, and... um So what do you think's going again, on? Again, I think it might be just, like, stress from the European tour. Because um, it could be just maybe Zayn and Owens have, like, maybe they messed that up and then just have been maybe not the best people to work with or something like that. And so W was just like, all right, take the, the rest of the tour off, go home, relax, that kind of
0: thing. So you think Sami Zayn's really committing to the heel turn, and he's like being a dick backstage?
1: (laughs) I mean, this it's not breaking news in the sense that like a lot of guys get sent home from the European tour if it's from injuries, if it's from they just can't handle the stress of the European tour. Like Mm -hmm. many times, people have been sent home from the European tours.
0: I don't. I just I always just get nervous when shit like that happens. That it's like,
1: oh, Oh, don't don't get me wrong, I'm nervous too but it's because it, yeah. it's it's strange that the, both of them were sent that's the part that's right like if it's just one it would be like oh yeah probably something happened to him or things like that but they got a horrible okay. case of the shits they got to go home yeah hey you know what that, that probably could be the case <laughs> like and then just the rumor remote gets started and it's
0: well you know what
1: What no they went against vince's wishes or things like that
0: what if it was a situation where like one of them gets sick maybe they're traveling together and they don't want to repeat from before where a whole bunch of people got sick so they're like send these fuckers home don't let them infect anybody else yeah that could be that could be like look at what happened to tlc because i mean i guess it kind of made things better but like they (laughs) they had to scramble for plans Hey, and
1: you even you don't always need diseases and stuff like that to make pay-per-views better. Look at this upcoming Survivor Series card; it's starting to change around and look better without that stuff.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, they've set the the field now finally for the whole men's match because uh, they they mentioned that mm-hmm. Cena's going to be on Team SmackDown after the show.
1: Yeah, on Raw we got that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, announced, or not on Raw, sorry, on the website, we got that announcement. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we got, uh, with the addition of Jason Jordan and Cena, we have both full teams, and like I said, I I do think that Raw is gonna win because Kevin Owens and Zayn are gonna screw SmackDown. What what, what, are, what are your thoughts at this point?
1: Um, That's very much possible, because I think that would be a great way to one, keep Owens and Zayn at the forefront in in this pay-per-view coming up, but mm-hmm. still keep the storyline going. Yeah. Because it's kind of felt like, I, I don't know how it's felt to you, that, like, this Survivor Series is kind of coming at a bad time, so to speak, because there's yeah. just been a lot of good, like, storylines on either show, and then, like, they've kind of had to pause and be like, oh, now you're feuding with this guy from the other show, but you're not going to see each other, so just do promos and tweets and stuff like that, and then, like, Shane has to kind of ignore uh, Owens
0: and Zayn because he's worried about SmackDown. Like, mm-hmm. well, that's that's the thing that's weird. Is like, I don't, I don't know why they've committed so hard to the gimmick of just every single one of these matches is like an inter-promotional match, pretty much. Like, they could still do one of those and just do other grudge match types of things. Like, because they, yeah, it's it's a very weird time because there's so many intense feuds within the brands right now that like. They could have focused on those and done, like, you know, say a match, like, led by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus a team led by Shane McMahon, mm-hmm. like, over on SmackDown. And then, like, over on Raw, you could have, like, the Miz Taraj versus, like, you know, some other people. Like, stuff like that could have happened as just matches, but everything's so interbrand that. I beg, but, I, but like, with but the way that WWE likes to book things. They're probably really helpful, or they're really uh, excited about it, because they like to stretch things out and wait, and like not pay off stuff, <laughs> so that it's like, yeah. good, this gives us another few months to like not pay off our storylines, and not figure out how they're going to resolve.
1: This is how you do long-term booking,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> you just keep delaying the thing that anybody wants until they yeah. don't want it anymore, <laughs> or until someone gets injured and you can't do it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like it's it's really weird that they, I don't know. It's it's so weird that they do that sometimes. How it's like there are certain things that like you think about and like because it's so structured a certain way, that like certain matches being like oh well you're, they're gonna have to wait until WrestleMania for that match. Mm-hmm. That then it's like oh well so then a lot of the other things become increasingly weirdly predictable because you know that they're not gonna do a certain thing before WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, uh, so is this possibly in reference to AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar?
0: Uh, it wasn't, but we can go there now, because mm-hmm. thank God AJ Styles has saved us from the make-believe Maharaja.
1: He's the modern-day Maharaja.
0: I mean, okay, Is if nothing else solidifies that shit, too, did you see how much the ratings shot up? <laughs> yeah. It was like half a million viewers.
1: And they were they were going up against the, or oh, I'm sorry no, they were the the preview basically for the Ric Flair documentary because I think it
0: was on at ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that. And, so, and the shit was taped, and people still yeah. tuned in <laughs> because they knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> they knew that it's like SmackDown's coming back. Yeah, everybody knows because I don't know. I, I've i been concerned because Dave Meltzer keeps thinking that maybe this isn't going to last very long and that Ginder's going to get the title back. But I I don't know. I think Ginder might be done after this. I,
1: I think the experiment is over. Yeah, I think it's and over. I think they realized that, oh, shit, we have this pay-per-view coming up and no one wants to see this match. Mm-hmm. And with one simple title switch, they went, oh, shit, this is actually an exciting match now.
0: You know what? You know what my theory is on what the death knell was like—the last nail in the coffin. When in the little promos where Jinder was talking about uh, Lesnar, and he kept saying that if he beats Lesnar, that he's going to become the Beastmaster. <laughs> I think they were just like, you know what? We can't have that be one of his nicknames. It sounds so stupid. Like <laughs> we can't have or Jinder Mahal the Beastmaster.
1: <laughs> the TV series The Beastmaster sued them and was like, no, yeah. you can't use that. Yeah, they like threatened. And so to they're like, shit, we have to get the
0: title off him. <laughs> We don't want him to lose, but we can't have the title on him anymore. Oh my gosh, because we can't let him be the Beastmaster. What if that actually was it? That'd be funny as shit. WWE releases the cease and desist letter. <laughs> yep. Although I guess because there were rumors too that like maybe he had been popped for steroids, but I but like we haven't seen any thing about him being a like popping the wellness policy, so. I doubt it, but then again, I guess it's like they have covered that shit in the past before. But I don't someone know. like Jinder, I don't see them like covering up, though. You know what I mean? I wouldn't think so either. But like, if if there is any amount of like truth to him making money for them in India or do something, then maybe they would. Because I mean, they made him WWE champion when he was a straight up fucking jobber. So True. it's kind of unclear what they're willing to do for this guy. Cause then again, you know, on the other side of the coin, like then they gave the title back this, they put it on styles, which is a really good move. Like, thank God they did that shit. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a part of me that like is excited for styles and Lesnar, even though I'm like, you know, I'm sure Lesnar's just going to win. Um, but like, I don't know. I think this puts a serious, uh, you think so? You think tendership styles- up there? I mean, I I do really think that they... I think they're going to be smart enough to let this be a good competitive match. Because I think people really want to see that. I really want to see that. I want to see, like, Styles take it to Lesnar. Hell, I'd want to see him beat Lesnar, but I I know that's not going to happen. But I don't know. I mean... Am I wrong? Like, do you think it's going to happen, Maybe?
1: I I could, I just don't see that clean of a finish coming on that. Like when it was gender, I was like, oh, Brock's just gonna take him to Superflex City, and then he's just gonna be down. Yeah. Uh, but now I I I see a competitive match.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it being competitive, but I think that there's no way that Lesnar loses, and I think that like because of the extreme size differential, that is one thing that's nice about Styles is that, like, he could lose against Lesnar, and he could still look good coming out of it. In the same way that, like, um, do you remember the match between Punk and Lesnar? Uh, yes. Like, I thought even in losing, Punk looked pretty good coming out of that. Because, like, he took it to Lesnar, he took an ass-whooping, and then he fucking, you know, lost. Like, I think they could do kind of similar thing for Styles here. Like, get in some really good shots against Brock... You know, get some good near falls, but you know he could still lose and still look good yeah <laughs> I, I mean I would I'd would love to see him win though I, I'd, love, I'd love to hear your pitch
1: I I don't know if I see it. what I'm saying is I at least just see like like the the ending to the Finn Balor and Samoa Joe match this week with the double count out. Like I mm-hmm. see something like that happening. Or some kind of just fluky finish. Where neither one of them. Gets the win over the other. Mm-hmm. um, And I see that more now happening. Rather than when Jinder was champion.
0: Yeah actually you know what to play into what you're saying. And because it's. Because he took the title from Jinder. I could see like the Singh brothers coming in. And like doing some stupid shit for this match. Hmm. And or gender like costing Styles the match. I could see that. I would hate that. Or or maybe they come in and try to like take out both guys. Actually, you know what they should? Do, you know what they should totally fucking do? Have Jinder, Mahal and the Sings come in and try to ruin the match, but then Styles and Lesnar just kill all three of them <laughs> and then resume their match. And then yeah, you could still have like a double count out or something like that to kind of like leave it. But yeah, just have him try to come in and then just be totally joked out. No, they shouldn't do that. No. (laughs) Because it's like, I mean, I hate to... You know what? I won't say that. I hate to admit it. They did do some good for Jinder in raising his stock. But they did a real disservice to the WWE title by having Jinder drag it down. Like, you know, like there's people talk about how like the title makes the guy... And then there's the guy makes the title. And, like, it's supposed to be that the guy makes the title because that's how you elevate the title. But, like, this is definitely a situation yeah. of, like, the title making the guy. Or at least yeah, really they, well, trying. They, they tried
1: bit. to have the title make the guy. And as they've said multiple times before, is that doesn't work.
0: It doesn't work. But I will say that his... But, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, you know what? It doesn't work. Because the only reason that his stock is a little bit better than it was is not because he was champion, but because they, like, were actually giving him a little bit of storyline and a little bit of character to work with. And, like, you know, putting him into storylines and stuff. So, you know, if they had just done that with either the U.S. title or just had him have a feud with somebody with some substance, then, like, you know, it would have done the same amount of good in a lot of ways, don't you think?
1: Yeah. If...
0: If not more, because then it would have been like a believable level of ascension for him. Like him going from jobber to champion never made sense. And they had to constantly book around it because nobody was buying it. That's but like, true. But like if he had, like, say for example, you know what, the perfect guy that he should have gone back after once the Singh brothers came in, he should have killed Mojo Rawley. Like that should have been <laughs> step one because Mojo Rawley embarrassed him at WrestleMania, stole the Andre oh, the right. Giant trophy and all that sort of shit from him with, with that- Gronk, yeah. Like, he should have killed Mojo Rawley. Then, like, Zack Ryder was around. Like, he could have killed Zack Ryder. And then, like, you know, he could have moved on to, like, maybe a few with, like, a guy like Chad Gable. Or, like, I don't know. Like, maybe if Bobby Ruber's was coming up and they were going to do some shit with him with that. Like, I don't know. Like, some like other mid card guys or, like, Ty Dillinger. Like, guys that would have made sense for him to be beating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not, like, you know, all of a sudden. We're supposed to be believing that you could beat Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura and all this shit. And it's just it was just clogging up that show so badly. Like, he constantly wasn't even in the main event of his own show. Like, they were regularly main eventing with the U.S. title. Because AJ Styles had it. Yeah. Like, it was so fucking apparent that he was not the guy. Ugh. Thank God it's over. And I, please just don't go back. At least for a long ass time, WWE. Not with him as the WWE champion. <laughs> um, I'm excited for Styles and Nakamura. That's got to happen eventually, right? Oh yeah, they've teased it, so they have to follow through with it. Yeah. Do you think they Do you think they can wait all the way to WrestleMania, or do you think they're going to go like Royal Rumble, maybe, with that?
1: I mean, I'm kind of split on it because they've been holding off on some matches but not on others so
0: Mm -hmm. not quite sure where this one lands yeah that's it is hard because like they without giving nakamura a mouthpiece of some kind like it's going to be a lot harder for them to build that big like wrestlemania story for the title like just because wwe doesn't know how to do it without a lot of talking (laughs) unless it's an undertaker thing right because that mm-hmm. undertaker can just point <laughs> <laughs> unless so they, you have a flashlight yeah <laughs> unless you have a flashlight. you know what how would how would if they have they should have just done a feud with Nakamura and uh, uh undertaker where they just point nobody talks in the whole feud <laughs> well
1: wasn't that that was one of my favorite promos with uh, taker and triple H when they just point at the sign <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I remember that now, now that you say that. Um, but yeah, I I would love to see Styles and Nakamura. I'm excited for that. Um, I'm also excited for... Uh, so back to rewind over to Raw really quick. I was really excited to see Pete Dunne on the main roster, uh, even though for a second he was uh, Kurt Angle until he came out.
1: <laughs> yeah, Pete Dunne's music switched over to Kurt Angle's music. Kurt Angle then introduces Pete Dunne. <laughs> Somebody got fired.
0: Uh, well, I don't know. If people are getting sent home for, like, <laughs> slightly messing up a segment, I don't know. Maybe somebody did get fired for that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Pete Dunn came out and laid waste to Enzo Amore. And it, he made definitely a note of saying that he's not just a cruiserweight. He's the bruiserweight. Which yes. Which is different from him saying before stuff of like, you know, I'm not a cruiserweight, I'm a bruiserweight. So, I'm wondering, Joe, do you think that Pete Dunn just might be dropping that UK title here in a little bit and maybe coming to the main roster? Hmm. Because I, I, we talked a little bit before on the show, and I guess we can talk more about it now. So later on the show on 205 Live, uh, you had the UK guys coming in, and Bate had a segment there with Enzo Amore, and he... They had like a decent back and forth match, and I think that, you know, given their characters, I feel like Bate should have gotten a little more offense on Enzo. But uh, I understand Enzo needing to get the win after losing to Dunn, and with Bate being kind of like one of the other bigger UK guys, like I wonder if they might try to put the UK title back on him or back on one of the other UK guys that they keep, you know, just out over in the UK and keep doing the thing they've been doing until they put together a weekly show if that ever happens. Because Dunn was the only one that they had on Raw. All the other guys were only on 205 Live. So I'm thinking maybe they're going to try and transition him onto like 205 Live or something. I mean, it's possible. And I think it would allow for more of a
1: just promotion of all the stuff that WWE has, right? If you just keep cross-promoting brands mm-hmm
0: yeah absolutely like uh they they really do need to be cross-promoting like the the brands that make sense to be cross-pollinating right like because like why are none of these cruiserweight guys in a tag team or in the tag team division mm-hmm. like that's crazy there's there's no weight limit on the tag team titles <laughs> um and then right similarly like with a guy like pete dunn and guys like tyler Bate, like they're both uk and they're both cruiserweight Like, also, like, why isn't Finn Balor challenging for the Cruiserweight title? Like, why isn't Finn Balor challenging for the UK title? Like, that would be a good direction for him, too. Um, Why isn't Sheamus challenging for the UK title? What about McIntyre? Like, there are all sorts of guys that should be challenging for these titles that they aren't.
1: Yeah, and they just keep them stuck in a single show or... Yeah, show. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not helping anybody.
0: When it's it's weird, too, when, like, you know, we mentioned something like the tag division. When the tag division is so uh, shallow right now that, like, you can't put together a couple cruiserweight guys or a couple UK guys and make a tag team. Like, what about Mustache Mountain? And a <laughs> Strong Style, like, they couldn't be in the ROG tag division right now? I don't see why not. Yeah, I don't see why not, either. So, I don't know, I, I just feel like there should be a little more stuff like that. And also, like, there could be certain guys, too, where they could really renovate and change their career. Like, uh, prime example, a guy like Dolph Ziggler, who they're kind of spinning the wheels with yet again, and maybe they don't know what to do with, but with him being focused on the, like, I'm the in-ring guy, and, you know, I'm just here to win matches and stuff like that and be a bit of a heel, what if he cut a few pounds? And then joined the cruiserweight division and then just fucking dominated them by being, like, you know, the heaviest guy in that division.
1: I think that would be fantastic because if you remember one of the greatest Matt Hardy heel things was when he was losing weight to challenge for the cruiserweight title. And he did these great vignettes of him, like, on a bike in the gym with, like, the trash bags on him so that he was sweating the pounds off. (laughs) And... It was just some great heel stuff. And I think uh, Doff could do it uh, really well with him being a former collegiate wrestler. Like, you could have him in the old wrestling gear, like, trying to sweat the pounds off. And while he's cutting promos about being the best in the ring, and he's going to show these cruiserweights, like, what it's like to be a real man kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be great.
0: Yeah, that would be fucking awesome. And especially with how much he's been the, like... You know it's all about the in ring work and fuck the talking and the gimmicks and stuff like that. He'd be a really another good foil for Enzo mm-hmm. at this point um, i'd I'd love it I'd love to see it and I think especially him too, just like the kind of style that he wrestles, he would fit in so well with all those guys, those cruiserweight guys like he's one of the few guys that he actually keep up with them. You know what I mean like in an actual match, yeah. Um, yeah, so I fucking would love to see that. Um, another thing I love to see, and I'd like to see a little more of, uh, was Becky Lynch making James Ellsworth tap. Oh, that was great.
1: My only problem would be that, like, it just felt like it was kind of, like, rushed this week. Like, because yeah. James has made some comments, uh, maybe not just to Becky, but maybe just someone like the woman before, mm-hmm. but I felt like they really could have brought this out by doing like every week he's doing something to piss one of the women off and then just have this be the culmination.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They should have milked this a little bit more of either having something more to do with it, or if they had put it at a better timing, another way they could have done it was back when uh, he had screwed everybody over with the money in the bank. Like they should have just come after him right after that. Mm -hmm. Like that would have been another time they could have done it. Actually, I feel like we were probably pitching that. I think I was saying that Becky Lynch should have fucked him up because she was the one that he, like, basically threw off the ladder, right? Yes. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, why why didn't they call back to that? They should have called back to that in this match. Like, It's like, this was for the Money in the Bank briefcase, you bitch. Or, uh, like, James saying
1: it to her ahead of time, like, oh, remember when I pushed you off the ladder? Like, yeah, (laughs) like
0: he's trying to talk shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like, I push off the ladder just like I'm going to knock you off tonight and beat you in the ring. Duh. Like, <laughs> And then what did you think of uh, Carmella turning on him afterwards, too? That was kind of crazy because, again, it came out of nowhere. You know what? I I don't know if this is going to be their explanation, but I, I think the reasoning storyline is going to be because backstage Ellsworth was talking to Becky and he had said something along the lines of uh, you know like I only let Carmella compete in the ring because that makes her happy yeah and I think that it might be something like that of like a it's like well fuck you like it's not that like I'm a legit competitor like you don't control me you don't say anything like you know uh, I think it might be one of those sort of things
1: yeah and uh, Again, though, I think they should have just made it, like, more of a build-up over the past couple of weeks, right? Like, mm-hmm. him saying to Carmella, like... Because otherwise it's just been, like, her kind of dominating him and him not saying too much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, maybe, like, him starting to, like, get a backbone and things like that, and that's what causes her to knock him down.
0: i like... Yeah. I just, hold on. So I was, I was going on like a, I'm going to pitch something really weird to you. I don't know if it's going to make sense. It's probably not going to be good, but (laughs) what if, because the way that you're pitching it, I think that really makes sense. If you wanted to go back and turn Ellsworth face again, like he's trying to like grow a backbone and get out from under her shadow. What if they were trying to use this as a really weird catalyst to try and do like a feminist angle of like turning Carmela face? In that she's, like, standing up against, like, what this dude is saying against her and being, like, I'm not relying on a man no more to do my dirty work. Like, I'm going to be a legit competitor and I'm doing this thing. Like, I don't know. I doubt that's the direction they're going, but, like, maybe it's something like that.
1: (laughs) Wow, I'm trying to imagine him being that serious. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It might be too much. Well, I don't know. Stephanie McMahon, if if she got a burr up her ass about wanting to do like a feminist angle, maybe they would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I could see like she would have to pitch it and be the one. Cause otherwise they would just be like, no, this is this doesn't make sense. This is we can't do this storyline. <laughs> this is WWE. Come on. I don't know. That'd be I guess she would have to have a match against him, though, right? Like, that would be... Because her kicking him right now would be the first catalyst, but then she would have to maybe then be like, I'm going to have a match with you and then get rid of him. I would think. If they were going to do, like, a a feminist (laughs) storyline.
1: Yeah, I'm just imagining how that's going (laughs) to go.
0: Well, I I feel like it's going to go that that might just be the end. Uh, yeah cause the, just that one thing well because the rumors with the his contract were that because i'm trying to remember i think he got signed in like november last year but that you know it was just like a one-year contract so that that might be it you that or maybe they'll do like one last segment next week on smackdown and kind of repeat what they did before where like carmella did that whole like i'm dumping you segment like maybe they'll just do like another one of those super kick him one more time and then he's gone or they could do... Because um, I'd, I'd seen, like, uh, there was a live video from one of the live events where he took, like, all the women's finishers. So oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe they'll do that on TV. Like, he'll come out and try to say some shit and then all the women will just destroy him and then he's gone. <laughs> I could see that. Just give him, like, one last send-off. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and I think have him go out with, like him still saying that he's better and the women are nothing like, and they just have all the women hit him with a finisher and him still just get like maybe one last like shot in.
0: Maybe, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess the last one would have to be like, maybe Carmelo smashes him over the head with the bunny the bank bank briefcase to finish him off. (laughs) That would, uh, or like drop it on his head, like get up on a ladder and just drop it on him. Oh my god! Because because she he dropped it down to her. Yes. So then it'd be the full circle. It'd be um, the reverse. <laughs> she just dropped like she fills it up with bricks ahead of time, so it's nice and heavy, and then just like drops it on his head. Oh my gosh! Yep, there you go. That's the end of Ellsworth.
1: Drops it on his sh- uh, shins because he does the sweet chin music.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. The no chin music, right?
1: Oh, the yeah, the no chin music.
0: Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna go transition from no chin to no chance. Uh, I think unfortunately there's not a whole lot of chance that Almas uh, wins the NXT title from McIntyre, but that is a fascinating proposition.
1: I think NXT. So, like we've discussed before, they're really good at like understanding characters, and so. Characters that go undefeated, making a big deal about it. They're also good on picking up on this character's getting hot. We need to do something with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think Almus kind of falls under that category with this. And so that's why I kind of think, while I think McIntyre will retain, I still think there's a shot at almost taking it as a surprise.
0: I would, I would love to see it because I, like you said, I think that Almus and Vega have been on, on fire lately
1: yeah could you can you believe like what we were saying about almost a year ago? this guy's not going anywhere. what is he doing like
0: yeah like they like I think we were even saying that like they maybe they should try putting him back under the mask,
1: yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that was our theory. We were like, just go heel turn or something like that, and then just put the mask back on mm mm-hmm. but yeah no and,
0: apparently the solution was give him Zelina Vega,
1: yeah. Well, give him Zelina Vega and do something logical with it, which is that, oh, the reason he was losing it all before is that he's partying too much, and then she's here to get him in line. But, like, that's fucking
0: great. Yeah, I, it's, I there's there's something too about it that, like, I really particularly love. Like, I there's this, this image I have in my head of, like, um you've seen Princess Bride before? Yes, love that movie. So you remember kind of like, you know, halfway through the movie after like some sort of shit has happened and uh, they need to get the band back together as it were and they find Indigo Montoya, like, just drunken and like sitting in a village somewhere. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like, that's how I imagine Andrade Cien Almas when Zelina Vega comes in. Is like, he's just this dude who just doesn't give a fuck about anything anymore. He's just drunken, laying around, and then she just comes in and is like, Hey, I know you. (laughs) You're Andrade Cien Almas, damn it. (laughs) Like, you become great again. And then he was like, Yes, I will become great again. You know, the same way like Inigo Montoya. Is, yes, like I will find the six-fingered man. <laughs> so you're saying Zelina is Andre the Giant? Yes, <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying that she is Andre. She is Andre the Giant. To bring it all the way back to pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I don't know, because of that, like it just hits a chord in me that I really fucking love it. Like it's it's a cool character st- like type that I like. And I think makes sense is like, cause like with a character, cause like now they're crafting this idea. Cause she talks about how like, you know, maybe you've got some wins over the old Andrade Cien Almas, But the only thing that matters is if you get a win over the new Andrade Cien Almas. Like So it's almost like player. that. He's like this new character. It's two yeah. separate people. Right. Like he's like, he is so different now and he's so focused that like everything you did before is like that. None of that shit matters. Like it's such a good way to renovate the character. And then the fact that they've actually been, from a booking standpoint, supporting the fact that he is a lot stronger and a new character now. Like, I think he's only maybe got, like, maybe one loss with Selena Vega.
1: Yeah, with the new character?
0: Yeah. If any. If any. Like, he's got one if any. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's, been, it's been going well. And, yeah, I think compared to McIntyre, who has been just kind of meh to be honest and yeah i mean what has he really done like yeah because i i mean his match with bobby Roode was like okay um and i guess i i guess unfortunately the problem for him right now is that there's a lot more focus on like this war games thing so like the whole adam cole and undisputed era and roddy strong like that storyline is like sort of taking precedence is like and it's like completely separated from his saga right now as nxt champion Because like, it's very rare that in NXT the top storyline is not about the title.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the first time I feel like that's happened.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm trying to think like if there even was another uh, takeover that would have had a main event that wasn't for the NXT title. Because I can't think of one. So yeah, I don't...
1: Yeah, I can't think of it either. Uh, well, no, wait. Sammy versus Nakamura. That I'm... wasn't the main
0: event, was it? No, I don't think that was the main. Actually, that was probably the opener. I think that was the opener. Actually, you know, the only one I can think of is um when Bailey and Sasha main-evented. Oh, yeah, well,
1: so you're saying for the women's title rather than men's, yeah?
0: Yeah. But, right, just, like, any time that, like, the men's title wasn't the main storyline and yeah in this case it's gonna be like the tag teams yeah cause then even when they, like they did that one year with like the Dusty Roads Classic and all that sort of shit like they still had uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor the two top singles guys like they were the ones that won the tournament
1: <laughs> yeah and then feuded with each other
0: right and then promptly feuded with each other <laughs> um but, yeah, an NXT, like, I I don't know. I think it'd be really refreshing to see almost sort of take it. And because uh, they have some other good challenges for him, too. Like, they've got uh, Alistair Black there. They've got, uh, mm-hmm. I guess you could send Cash or Stono after him as, like, another sort of warm-up dude. Um, Roddy well, Strong, yeah, he just wants to him. take on, Cash
1: just wants to take on all the monsters.
0: He does. He even asked for a match with uh, Lars Sullivan there this week. Yeah. What a fool. He's going to lose. Um, let's see. Did you want to talk about the uh, Roddy-Adam Cole match?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a good match for the, the time that they had. But then we've got the interference again because we're building up to these three separate teams at war games. Mm-hmm. And I just can't wait for war games now because I just want to see these three teams, like, the dynamics of the match work out with just no interference, mm-hmm. just straight up match,
0: and see them go at it. Yeah. So I, I have a I have a cool little shoot story for you involving this match. Okay. Because we definitely are talking about the um the idea that Roddy's going to be turning at the pay per view, right?
1: I think it's definitely going to happen.
0: So what if in the storyline of this whole thing, the idea was that because before we saw that you know uh, Adam Cole offered to roddy strong hey you guys you should join us and then he was like nah fuck that shit like what if so at this point still in adam cole's head were like he's not joining us he's still against us and all that but then in this match like the guy the as being the only time that he'd be able to talk to adam cole without it being suspicious is him being close enough in this match and roddy strong tells him it's like hey i'm going to join you guys to take over like, whispers to him in the match. And then maybe that'll be revealed, like, after the pay-per-view on the next NXT, whenever they're talking, that it's like, yeah, this is when we put together our plan. Like, we had this match, and then we were like, we put on a show for you guys, making you think that we were still enemies. So then at the pay-per-view, you'd still be lured into the false sense of security, where then we could hatch our scheme and destroy both Sanity and the Authors of Pain and take over NXT. Like, I don't know. Just, like, a little detail that, like, my brain was like, ooh, this would be a cool detail. What if they'll do it? So, I don't know. Just wanted to throw that out there and get your thought on it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Because, like, if he just went up and was, like, talking to them backstage, like, in storyline, I'd be like, well, hey, what the fuck were you doing talking to the Undisputed guys? Like, oh, nothing. Yeah. Like... (laughs) It'd be really suspicious. There's so nothing like, to see here. So it's like, how would you talk to them and, like, put together the conspiracy of turning ahead of time? And it'd be like, ooh, well maybe he talked to him during this match. Or I guess the idea could be, like, they talked way in advance, and even to him, like, giving back the armband and attacking them could have been part of their plan, right? Yeah, that is, like, a decoy or something like that. Right, like, saying it's like, hey, we're going to come out and, like, Make it look like we're going to offer you the armband even though we're already in cahoots. And then you're going to turn us down and attack us so that they won't think that you're with us. Like, yeah, actually, they'll probably do that. (laughs) That makes more sense than having to, like, time out this whole, hold on, I got to talk to you during the match when we're fighting (laughs) and convince you that I'm going to join your heel faction. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's just be really good at acting.
0: Yeah, just and be really cool about the whole thing. Like, don't react during the match. Because <laughs> don't you think, like, like is like, hey, I want to join you. I want to join you guys. Like, shouldn't Adam Cole back away and be like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what's this guy Dude, saying? You've, you've turned us down a whole bunch of times. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if I believe you, bro. <laughs> but they did not do that. Um, um, somebody who was turned down this week, though was Dalton Castle. Yeah, poor Dalton Castle did not get his title match this week.
1: Yeah, but uh, got some nice digs in on Cody, saying that Ring of Honor is basically wasting its money by mm-hmm. hiring him.
0: Yeah, I, I like it. It's, it. it's kind of a weird meta face sort of thing to observe and say.
1: Yeah. Well, because uh, Cody, a couple weeks ago, is making public him signing the contract and I don't know if he mentioned how much money it was, but making that it was a big deal of money and then Dalton just used that in a promo. And I think it's a great thing to do
0: mm-hmm. when it's, it is a good, um, like when he points it out that way, it really puts into context how heelish the thing that he's doing is with like when he's choosing these opponents that like, you know, he can just easily defeat. Is yeah. That it's like like you know, this, The guy this week was like a trainee at the school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just like a straight-up nobody. And, you know, he took him out in like, what, two moves? Something like that? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. So then, you know, when he's constantly just putting on these shows, it's like not... You know, he didn't go into this part, too, but I'm sure he will soon. That it's like, you know, not only is he disrespecting the fans by not putting on great matches or anything like that, but then by only defending the title against guys like this, it's like he's sort of doing a lot of dishonor uh-huh, to the ring of honor <laughs> title. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see what you did there.
0: So yeah, it's like, he's kind of coming in and defending Ring of honor as it were. And I like it. I dig it. And I like, especially the, the whole angle of like Cody trying to offer him an NXT contract. Like I loved that. Yeah. And, and then hit Dalton's whole like, yeah, fuck it. I like it here. I'm not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think? Do you think he's got a a chance to dethrone Cody?
1: I think he's got a chance because the crowd is behind him. Mm -hmm. Like Dalton's been one of the most popular people that Cody's gone up against within Ring of Honor.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could totally see it. So yeah. I don't know. It'd be really exciting, man. Um, Dalton Castle. What a guy his um I'm trying to because I the stuff I'd seen from before was mostly just matches so I hadn't really seen um stuff as far as promos a lot but like is that <laughs> when he came out is that like sort of his usual look for promos and does he usually do like the silver microphone
1: The silver microphone is fairly new but yeah his big kind of showman style is like no matter if he's coming out for a match or for the promos like that's his thing
0: Okay because, yeah, like, when he was talking and stuff like that, it was it was a sort of interesting, almost, like, very, like, artistic, sort of, almost, like, a weird hipster sort of character. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if, He's like... He's very, like, flamboyant kind of a thing, like... Yeah. Yeah, so I was digging that. I liked it. Because I was wondering just how much it... Because, like, you know, sometimes people mix it up from promo to promo of, like, this is, like, their normal shtick, or sometimes they're, like, doing a little bit of a bit. And I was wondering, was, like, is this straight-up normal Dalton Castle, or is this, like, him doing a bit? But I guess, yeah, this sounds like this is just sort of, like, right up his alley. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's exactly what he always does. Cool. So, yeah, I dug it, man. I, I like to see him and Cody. Because, yeah, it's it's a nice, interesting clash of styles, too. Yes. Clash of styles, both on the mic and in the ring. Mm-hmm.
1: And Dalton's always entertaining, so I can't wait to see this match. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. And uh, then we ended up getting in the main event. There was uh, War Machine versus the Motor City Machine Guns with uh, the Addiction coming out.
1: Where they were rudely interrupted with silly string. <laughs> so rudely interrupted. <laughs> um, but it was a great match. Before that, I I love War Machine. Like they are the definition of what a big man tag team needs to do in the ring nowadays, mm-hmm. which is be able to do the power moves but also keep up with the small guys like Motor city and make great matches with them
0: right yep yeah, need to be able to keep up with them and and um, too like there is there's is a lot more of like that uh, kind of different showmanship with like a power move versus sort of like yes. a high flying move and actually like kind of throw it onto very much what you're saying with like these big man tag teams over on NXT this week Heavy Machinery, I thought, had a pretty good showing, like, you know, doing their act. Yeah. And it's, it's very sort of similar, like, you know, just the the real big power moves, like, obviously they, those guys can't keep up on the same level that uh, War Machine can, it seems like. With, like, War Machine, like, diving over the top rope and shit like that. <laughs> At one point, didn't, didn't one of them, like, jump over the top rope, I think, in this I match? I can't quite remember. I feel like one of them did something ridiculous like that in this match. It was, like, either, uh, or no, one of them um, did a, uh, like, rebound lariat off the ropes, like, did the, like, the handstand lariat, where they're, like, so, like, he was running towards the rope handstand, and then his legs hit the rope, and then he comes back around and then hits a guy with an elbow. Yes, okay. One of them hit that, and it was just like, what the fuck? How how did his huge ass pull that shit off?
1: But that's how they, the big men, need to stay relevant today, because... The crowd's not into the slow moving guys anymore.
0: Yeah, because like even with Strowman, he's fast as fuck. Yeah. Like he's big, but he's fast. He can do a kip up. <laughs> he can do a motherfucking kip up.
1: <laughs> uh
0: although perhaps even more impressive is the fact that uh nobody else has really been talking about how uh Dean Ambrose is uh <laughs> I forgot well, about this. A- Apparently up until this week, he was a tag team champion both ROH and WWE. Yet no one knew. No one knew that Dean Ambrose and Chris Sabin were actually the same guy. Um, and due to my extensive Google search, mm-hmm. which was um,
1: five minutes before we started recording, <laughs> um, I did not see any matches between Chris Sabin and one John Moxley.
0: Yeah, because yeah, at first, obviously, I put this up online thinking that maybe these guys were twins separated at birth. But as the research has shown, if they haven't even had a match together, who's to say they aren't actually the same man?
1: Just slightly changing his facial hair and hairstyles between shows.
0: Ever so slightly. Yep. You know what? I, th- I think we may have stumbled upon one of the grandest conspiracies in wrestling. I,
1: I think. Oh, on the the anniversary of the Montreal screwjob, I think mm-hmm. we've come across one of the bigger to dos in the in the wrestling world.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm sure that Vince McMahon is completely unaware. There'd be no way that he would allow this sort of thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a marvel, and it's it's just uncanny. You know that there was uh You know what? Actually, you know what? You know what match I want to see now. This would be my. Ultimate Fantasy Match. I want to see Chris Saban and Dean Ambrose somehow tagging as himself uh, against John Cena and Darren Young as White and Black Cena. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want to see. I want to see the two mirror matches. (laughs) Or, well, you know what? Here we go. You You have an angle where both sets of brothers... That have been estranged. Because this this could be the, instead of having Dean Ambrose and Chris Saban be the same guy, you can just do them their brothers again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's two sets of estranged brothers who were separated at birth have come together for a tag team match. To see, um, hmm, there would have to be some sort of reward involving like the bloodline or the parentage or something like that. Ooh, maybe they find it's like, all right, they tell them it's like, all right, only one of you sets are actually twin brothers who were separated at birth. And one of you is not. And we have the DNA results. <laughs> we have the DNA results right here. And whichever one of you guys wins the match gets to find out <laughs> whether you're actually brothers or not. Oh my gosh!
1: Uh, there you go. That's one of your crazier ideas.
0: That's that's up there. WWE. If you're interested in ideas like this, I
1: can... <laughs> this is what you can get. <laughs>
0: This is you know what? Uh this is definitely the one. Of all the ideas we've pitched and talked about this week, this is the one to take and run with. Uh get a hold of Chris Saban's contract. Uh get back Darren Young before anybody snatches him up, because I'm sure that's gonna be difficult. <laughs> uh <laughs> and put together this match. We must see it. Has to be done. Alright.
1: I think that's it for us for this week. Uh We'll be back same time next week going over our Survivor Series predictions and War Games predictions. It feels like it's actually been, we've had a bit of a break from pay-per-views, so it actually feels refreshing that we have one coming up.
0: Yeah, it feels like they've actually let this one breathe a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, catch us uh, on our social media throughout the week. Um, super Smart Brothers on Facebook, at Smart Brothers on Twitter, and super Brothers at gmail.com shoot us uh, an email with questions and of course rate and subscribe to this podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes and our original home of Podbean
0: yes Uh, thank you very much for listening folks and we'll catch you next week when I lay down the groundwork for my road to victory in retaining the super smart brother title at Survivor Series keep telling yourself that